Welcome back to the Irish Bears show. It is another week in Chicago Bears land where there's more craziness that seems to happen on a weekly basis for a bad team like the Bears, which is uh, it's fun for us to be able to talk about. And I guess one of the fun parts this week is we get to talk about a Bears win. We get to talk about all the latest that has kind of happened in uh, around kind of the Chicago Bears and some of the rumours and then some of the little tidbits as we look ahead to the game against the Chargers this week. Um, before we get into it, um, Noel, how are you doing? It's been it's been a good week knowing that the Bears actually uh, won a game. And even for the people that are looking at draft positions, they're basically in the same position, even though they won. So that's always a good a good week. No, it's always good, especially when you get a home win for the first time in over a calendar year, which is it's crazy nice. to think. <laughs> but uh, no, look, it, it was it was a good game. They did well. You know, it was a a bit of a blowout in a way. So yeah, hey, happy days. The Bears are back, or, or are they? Or are they? That's the big. Or question. are they? Oh, uh, it look. It was it was much different, and I think this is kind of what has driven a lot of the conversation this week and the performance of rookie quarterback UDFA Tyson Bajans and it's a really good sign and we said this last week the one thing that we wanted to know even if when he performed that we hoped he performed well but the main thing we wanted to see is that this is someone you can believe in that you know can be your backup quarterback for a long period of time where if whoever your starter is does get injured, that you have trust in a guy that can come in and at least compete and give you an opportunity to win. And when looking back at this, I think it was a perfect scenario for him, right? Like I know there's been a lot of kind of fighting on Twitter as per usual. Um, but I do think it was kind of like a perfect storm, right? Like you get Beijing coming in, getting to go up against a backup quarterback in the Raiders, a team that hasn't been very good in the Raiders. Now, granted, they have a decent enough pass rush with Max Crosby there. Like, he is legitimately a really good pass rusher. But then when you look at the rest of the defense, it's not really a lot to write home about. But at the end of the day, all you can do is perform against the team that you come up against. And that's what he was able to do. And I I see the whole thing about, like, the 2.1 air yards and all this. I don't care how the Bears win a game as long as they win a game. I said this before. I don't care if Justin Fields threw for 400 yards in a game and six touchdowns or if he ran for six touchdowns. doesn't matter to me. Bears won. And Tyson Bajan looked at least, I would say, above average in terms of what you would expect from a backup. And the one thing that he was able to do is that the running game worked and the short passing game worked. He was accurate. And that's what you look for. You didn't need to take too many shots because the Bears were up for the majority of the football game. So they were able to control the tempo of that football game. And I think that worked in his favor. And it's always nice to be able to do that and to kind of let him kind of come in at his own pace because the last thing you want is him coming in and being completely outmatched early on because that can dent his confidence knowing that he is going to be the quarterback for a couple of weeks here because I, I don't suppose that Justin is going to be playing until maybe the Carolina game is probably a one where they might earmark him to come back. So look, what were, what were your thoughts on how Tyson performed and what are your thoughts now in terms of after looking at everything that's gone on around that game and 
kind of just thinking back of this past week of a guy that we have to remember he's a UDFA and he's able to come in play his first game gets the Bears first win in 13 months at home it's a pretty cool story it is look the, the, the biggest compliment at least I think it's a compliment I can pay him is when I watched him playing there on Sunday I thought I was looking at an experienced backup who a, a dependable experienced backup who you can trust to come in and just make the right decisions. He didn't look like a rookie to me. He looked like someone who didn't panic. He looked like he he, he obviously has the confidence to go in and do that. But still, you never know with the first game in the NFL. Obviously, he played previously the week before when he came in, but that's different. You know, he, he's not expecting to come in. It kind of the drop of a hat. The adrenaline is going. This time, he had a full week to think about. I'm going to start in the NFL against the Raiders. As you say, maybe not the best defense in the world, but this is an NFL defense a lot. This is a better defense than he's ever played against before, you know? And, you know, that week can kill a young player, you know, because you, you want to play, you're confident, and then suddenly you find out you're playing in a week and you have the whole week to think about, oh, God, I've just come from D2 school. I'm, you know, this time last year I was playing Colorado School of Mines or something like that. I'm playing the Raiders. And it, it could... You know, it could understandably maybe shake a young player, but, you know, if they haven't got that confidence, he clearly has it. Now, you talk about the air yards, and I think they didn't, it was the, the biggest play, maybe 17 yards or something like that. But that's all by design. You know, we, we give Getsy, you know, some criticism when we've seen certain game plans. He did call a really good game for this quarterback last Sunday. They 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 used that running game a lot to help him out. The D or the O-line did step up and, and play better. And they just, they called the right kind of plays for this quarterback. And then it was on him then to show if he had that, not only the talent, but the mental fortitude to, to actually go in and play this game under pressure, especially for a team that aren't doing well. You know, it's it's not even like we're, we're flying, we have a great O-line and everything is clicking perfectly, you know, and you can just kind of slot a young quarterback in to kind of flow along with that. That's not the case. This, this team has been so up and down and more downs than ups. So it, it still is a big test for a player like that. And he came in and he just looked like he belonged. He looked like he's that kind of dependable person who doesn't get flustered, who made a lot of really, really good decisions. Um, yeah, and I was really, really impressed. Now, it's game one. You know, I I think there are some people out there suddenly jumping into QB controversy mode and, you know, <laughs> QB one. Let's, let's pump the brakes down on that. But that's not to say he can't go on and be a really good quarterback. But it's game one. You know, Justin is still the number one quarterback for this team as it stands right now, and, and rightly so. But I think we can look at Bajan's game and be really, really positive and, and think that, you know what, we do have a quarterback under there or <coughs> there who you can feel like won't, won't wilt when he comes in. He can actually step up to the game. Now, we'll find out next week is game two. The Chargers will have a bit more tape than... You know, the Raiders had, we see how that goes. Can Getsy call a similar kind of plan? Or will they maybe expand it a bit more? Again, it will depend if the running game keeps going the way it's going. Obviously, Deontay Foreman had a great game. Evans came in them well also. And that's a that's a really, really good crutch for a young quarterback, for any quarterback, but especially a young one. But we'll see now against the Chargers, you know, do they take that next step again? Does he improve a bit more? Maybe do the yards go up a bit? They don't need to. As you said, it doesn't matter how you win. You know, it yeah. doesn't matter what, you know, if you run the whole game, if you throw the whole game, as long as you win. But still, we'll kind of see, is there more development into this this week's game plan than there was last week? And will that continue to improve? But again, from what we saw in week one, 
He did a really, really good job. For, I'm, I'm delighted for him because he seems like watching his interviews, seems like a good kid, you know, but he seems to have that not cockiness, but, but confidence that you 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 trust that he can come in and do what needs to be done. So yeah, it's it's definitely positive. And going forward now, it is going to be interesting to see how he continues to develop. Because still at this point, we have no idea how many games he's going to be needed for. So again, it's probably going to be about three, at least three overall. So it, it'll yeah. just be interesting to see if, the, if if last Sunday's kind of game plan develops a bit more and, and how he looks week on week as other teams kind of get a bit more tape on him to, to try and figure him out. Yeah, I think if we look at this as in a realistic mindset, like I said, I think Justin probably comes back for maybe the Panthers game, but it might even make more sense for him to come back against the Lions because there is that like mini buy again. And that gives him a good period of time where he would have been off for basically a month at that stage, which is kind of what we heard when that injury happened, that he'd probably be out for a month. But the one thing that I do like that they did for, for Tyson, something that they could probably build off this week as well, is they were trying to get the ball out quick. And to that, you need a couple of things working. You need Tyson being able to scan the field, know where he's going with the football. Even if it's, even if he's only going through two reads, which realistically, that's all he's doing because he's looking at his first read, second read, and ball's gone. Um, because typically, you're not going to get through three or four reads if you're getting rid of the ball after three seconds, right? So like that's one thing that he's done well, and it's something that we do have to commend and Luke Getty about because he knows what is happening here. Like your backup quarterback is in, he's a UDFA, he's not played in the league before. So get the ball out quick, make his life easier, run the football. And they're able to do that. And they're able to do that successfully. And that's where I think was the basis of the offense that they were able to come out and they were able to get a lead. Because if you don't have to chase a game, with, a UDF, with your backup quarterback, it doesn't matter if it's a UDFA, if it's Beijing or anybody else. If you don't have to chase a game with a backup quarterback, you're in a good position because you can dictate how you want to go about it. If you want to run the ball a little bit more and take risks that way, you can do that. Um, but also it does help the offensive line because they know that they're there with a the lead. They know that to a certain point, the longer the game goes, the more desperate a defense is going to be and the more kind of holes that are going to happen and that's what I do like of what I saw last week and I would hope that that would continue because I look at the defense we played last week and an excellent edge rusher in Max Crosby and then I go around this week and you look at what the Chargers have been good at edge rusher like Khalil Max had a really good year this year with with the Chargers but you just look at the Chargers' defensive line, it's really, really good, and they're going to put pressure on them. But if they're able to protect Tyson and he's able to get that ball out quick, that secondary is not very good for the Chargers. Like They've been in games, but that secondary has lost them, games that they should have won. And that's what makes it very, very interesting going into this week. You can have a similar game plan where you can get him to get the ball out quick. You can kind of focus on the run game a little bit more. And the cool thing in, is this week, obviously Foreman had a great week last week. You had obviously our uh, our good friend that has uh, has come back in uh, Evans, Darrington Evans, but also Roshan Johnson has been tra- has been practicing this week. 
So you now have three running backs to kind of mix in there. You're getting a little bit healthier overall. Braxton Jones has been, I think his window has been opened now. So we might see him maybe for the Saints game or maybe for the Panthers game. So you're getting a little bit healthier in that regards. But I think the game plan worked and they're going to have to do the same thing this week because you can't let him be out on an island with Bosa, Khalil Mack, and even just the stout defensive line that they have overall. You need to get that ball out quick and get the ball into DJ Moore's hands because the one thing that he can do is he can make a defender miss when they shouldn't miss, and that can lead a two-yard completion, or what it should be, into like a 20-something-yard game. And that's where air yards don't they don't matter for shit because if you dump the ball off the DJ Moore and he runs for seventy yards and scores a touchdown, who gives a shit? It's a seventy yard, it's a seventy yard touchdown or seventy two yard touchdown. And that's where I'm not too worried about the whole air yard stat. Where it does worry me and concern me is if the Bears go behind in this game, because if they go behind against Justin Herbert and that offense and. Look, the, their offense hasn't been great, but Justin Herbert's probably one of the better quarterbacks the Bears are going to have to face over the last couple of months. My worry is if they're going to, if the offense has to push it and has to become a little bit more desperate, will Luke get to go away from the running game and will they force Tyson to have to throw it? Now, that's what the Chargers are going to try and do. They're going to try and say, okay, beat us. Beat us with your arm. Because they'll they'll look at the tape and say he didn't really do much of that against the Raiders. So that that's gonna be the first thing that they're gonna do. They're gonna see can he beat us? And that's what I would love early on in the game against the Chargers. They take a shot because it it tells them we can go for this. It's just it wasn't there last week. They didn't have to do it last week. And that's what I think is very interesting here. Um so I guess one of the things I wanted to ask you now, because I know there's been all the conversation it's kind of ridiculous where people are saying oh is there a QB competition in Chicago it's clearly not the coaches come out saying Justin is the starting quarterback and Tyson is the backup Jalen Johnson came out and said they love Tyson but like he's all on Justin Fields like all the players all the coaches have come out backing Justin because they believe in him and I think fans just need to get to the point of supporting whoever's in there I'm not trying to hype up one player because they have a good performance here or there and then denigrating another player just because someone else has performed and it might suit their opinion. Like I, I tweeted that out this week. As a fan or as a fan base, and I think we're kind of guilty of this when it comes to players that we draft, is we should focus on the name that's on the front of the jersey instead of the name that's on the back, that support the Bears and don't support Fields or don't support Bajan. Because whoever's in there, that's the player you should support. I don't really care who it is. You can say whatever name. I think the most important thing is the fans get behind whoever's in there. It's Bajan right now, but it could be Fields in two weeks' time. And if you're out there kind of denigrating Fields and saying he's terrible and all this sort of stuff, and then suddenly in two weeks he comes back, plays against, I don't know, the Lions or the Panthers and lights it up, well, you're going to look kind of silly then, right? So 
I don't I don't like the whole thing saying it's just the Raiders for Beijing, just like I didn't like when people were saying it's just the Broncos or it's just the Commanders. You can only play what's in front of you. And both players played well in those in in those games. And I think as a fan base, we just want that consistency, right? So I guess my question for you now, because this is something I've been thinking of from last week and even going forward is let's say similar performances happen with Beijing while he plays where looks good isn't is kind of clear he's not going to be the long-term answer is there any sort of information the Bears regime can take away like let's say Ryan Poles from the way Beijing performs and let's say Fields comes in he looks kind of like we saw previously this season do you think that there's anything that they can take away on what they want to do going forward if they see Okay, Vajit might not be the most prolific quarterback. He might not be the most talented quarterback, but it shows them something different. If if that does happen over the next couple of games, do you think that they can actually take anything away, or is it just it's circumstantial? He's he's come in at a pinch. It's not exactly the hardest teams that they're going to be coming up against over the next couple of weeks. And he's just solidifying himself as as the backup, and long term it will still be Justin. What's kind of your thought process when when you kind of see that moving forward? I think at this moment in time, anyway, long term it is Justin because the Bears have a lot tied up in, in Justin, and this year is, is very important to find out where that goes down. You know, down the road when we get toward is the the get that fifth year contract or or what kind of ha- or what happens there. I mean, I think what they can learn from from Bajent being in there, even if it's not Bajent, if Bajent continues to kind of do these certain things well, getting the ball out quickly, and maybe that fits a Getsy offense a bit more than than maybe the skill set Fields has, maybe they could look at it and say, if Justin comes back in and it still doesn't work, maybe they'll look at Bajent and wonder, do we need a quarterback more in his kind of mold? Maybe not specifically him, maybe a better quality of him, but is that the kind of quarterback that fits this, you know, offense going forward? But then there's, there's so many questions because I think a lot of us feel that it's going to take a lot for this coaching staff to be brought back next year. So then do you want to base, you know, your, your quarterback going forward on Getsy's scheme when maybe Getsy's not here? This? So there's a lot of questions for this Bears team. You know, I think as you, you're right. Just support whatever quarterback is in there now because – you know, the guys in the front office and GMs, if they're going to do what they're going to do, but for us as fans, you know, we just need to get behind whoever's out there week by week. At the moment, it's Bajant, deservedly so, next week again, because he, he done really well last week. But still, I, I think Fields is... Now, we'll find out as it goes on, if, if Bajant continues to play like this and if maybe he improves, if, you know, if he kind of gets a bit more comfortable and we see maybe those longer throws and, and he's still doing really well... Maybe it will be an interesting conversation in three or four weeks, but but right now we're at week one, and you know you just need to let it play out and see see if that develops. But I think Justin does come back because they need to make decisions on him this year. There's going to be a lot of money tied up at this point in time. You know, I think he is the future of of the the franchise. Yeah, but I I assume the front office possibly still well, possibly still need to be decided on that i mean i'm sure they have their options open they may want to see more before they commit a lot of money to him but look look he's he said it against denver he showed it 
against the commanders he showed it. he is talented he can do it you know we've had a lot of problems there's been a lot of injuries on the o-line which really really hasn't helped now the o-line looked fairly well this weekend you know there's Jenkins moved across and Whitehair went to the left and and then we had Patrick and they played well now we'll see again you mentioned some players like Joey Bosa Khalil Mack coming up this weekend we'll find out if that's a trend that continues um but if we get injured players back and they they kind of get a bit of a run that's just going to help everyone and Fields hasn't really had that this season it's been a bit choppy and and changing a bit so yeah look it's it's I know people want to make a controversy out of it. I know it's interesting to talk about that position, quarterbacks, like it is. And then Justin has had his struggles, which, you know, he's, you know, certain things haven't gone well and other things have looked good. So you kind of have that divide on it. But for me, just just let them play it out. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, Bajant has another great week. And next week, if he's in, another great week. And then if in three weeks there's a controversy, that, that can only be good for the Bears because it means he's been doing well. Yeah. But it's I, I you know I don't look that far ahead yet you know he he literally is a rookie who ha, who's had one start you know exactly. he came in and relieved a week before so it's it's just let it run the way it's going to run and we'll find out in a few weeks if it keep, continues developing I mean this time next week hopefully it's not the case but he could look terrible we saw exactly. what Mac done to to another rookie this year and Aiden O'Connell before yeah. that you know so do you know what I mean it can change very very quickly on a week and I, I think as fans. We just kind of we're in that position now. We just need to sit back and watch, and and just see how things kind of develop from here. Yeah, and, and I guess the worrying thing is coming up against this defensive line. Like I was looking at the injury report today, and Darnell Wright didn't practice with a shoulder and a toe. Now he didn't practice at this point last week, and he still played, and it kind of shows his toughness. Um, I still I do think he's still going to play this weekend, but not being fully or at least being injured while having to play against either Joey Bosa or Khalil Mack. Yeah, to last week. I know I have Crosby last week, but this is this is a different test again, like especially for a player, a, another rookie who fair play to him last week went and played injured and and you know he basically that arm, but that arm, arm was no use to him at that's at one point like and, and he kept going. But this will be this will be a tougher test again. So it's it, it will be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. I think that's what show that kind of shows you just how good Darnell Wright actually is that he was able to handle for the most part Max Crosby with one arm because it's very difficult to do that and obviously there was times that he got beaten um, and that's always going to happen um, but yeah look it's it's interesting in terms of this conversation because Dave makes a really good point here and um, so if you're Eberflus and Tyson gets another win what do you do look I still think they're going to go back to Justin and I wanted to rephrase this in a little bit of a different way Let's say Tyson wins this week and then they come up against the Saints and, okay, maybe they pull it close, but the Saints might be a little bit too good for them. And then suddenly you're playing against the Carolina Panthers, who are the worst team in in the NFL right now, and Justin comes back. And if the Bears lose that game, that's when it starts getting worrying because that's when the that's when the noise gets louder for the whole it's the backup quarterback syndrome where everybody where the most kind of loved player on the team by the fan base is the backup quarterback and that's a worrying thing because then that's where if that does happen that's where you've almost lost justin at that point in time where if 
there's people that have then started to say, okay, we need to replace them. I think that's a problem for the Bears, but I don't think we're at that position now, even if Tyson wins, because it, it do, we do have to look at this in terms of the grand scheme of things. He came in against the Minnesota Vikings and he didn't look very good. Right? Like he had one drive where it was good and they scored a touchdown, but he had like a couple of bad passes in there, got intercepted at the end, made a couple of mistakes. Normal to happen, but then comes in against a Raiders team that haven't been very good. And even though they've won more games than the Bears, they just haven't been good. They are playing their own back, well, third string quarterback because Aiden O'Connell wasn't playing. It was Brian Hoyer that was playing. Um, but then comes up this week against, okay, a Chargers team that on paper is very talented, but their record is, is still what their record is. I think, what are they, two and four this year? So, like, they haven't been particularly good either. So the thing that I want to see from Tyson is he just keeps the Bears in the game and just keep it taken away, even if you go behind. Like, uh, what I want to see from Getty is don't abandon the run, right? It's where you... It's where we performed really well this week. Don't abandon it. Keep using it. You've now three running backs that you can use this week in terms of Darrington Evans and uh, Roshan Johnson, who, who practiced in full participation today. So he's obviously going to be good to go for the weekend. And then, obviously, Dante Foreman, who has to be kind of your unequivocal starter going into this week after scoring three touchdowns and could have been more. And that's how kind of porous the Raiders were on defense. Um, I think all sorry, you're Kieran, hope... sorry yeah. just looking at Dave's question there sorry can I just throw kind of a, a twist on that question to you okay mm-hmm. last week the Bears won and you would say Bajan done really well but they didn't win because of Bajan he just managed it and yeah. he done what he had to do what do you do if you win a game or two not just with Bajan managing it but Bajan actually goes out and balls Match. out and wins you those games that's when it starts to become kind of well, that's when it becomes taking a, games on his shoulders and winning it. That that's when it really becomes puts a, out a question. That's when it becomes a question because if he like if he if he comes out against the Chargers and it's not this whole two point one air yards, but it's actually like a very good performance in terms of the short, medium, long, and and long passing game, right? And let's say he does throw for three or four touchdowns gets the 300 yards or so and then let's say he plays against the saints and it's similar to where he's playing very very good football that's when it does become a question because then you're like is this just the like bears you're, actually you're getting into shootouts and he's and he's winning the game for you like he's actually taking the game on the shoulders and winning it then I, I think that has to become how can it not like because at the end of the day the aim is is to win football games and if you're winning games because this young quarterback is taking the game on his back and, and actually dragging you over the line and winning it, then it becomes a question. But that's what you want because, as you said earlier, at the end of the day, I don't care who's under center. I want the Bears to win. And if you can same. give me a, an undrafted D2 rookie to come in and win games and become the, the QB1, that's great if he's winning. If Justin comes back and he absolutely balls out and does what we've seen him do in games, that's great. I just want the Bears to have a QB one who was winning games, and and the Bears are, are getting better. And but it, it will be interesting. I mean, right now I think Justin is the number one quarterback. I think the Bears genuinely feel that as well because there are things to be decided when they have to know who he is by the end of the season. They have to know whether he's their guy or not. 
But at the end of the day, if you get a quarterback who is legitimately winning you games and, and making your team better, then it does become a question. Now, Bajant isn't there yet. He's had one game and he did really, really well in what he was asked to do. But like he's not, you know, the, you can't take anything out of that one game. But it will be interesting to see if somehow it develops that way. Then you, you've got a, a kind of very, we'd have a very interesting show if that was starting to happen. Yeah, like, and that's where I'm saying that's a completely different question. Like, that's where you're like, okay, well, it's just this guy got overlooked because he was a Division Two guy, and people are like, ah, oh, he was good. We play terrible competition, and he comes in. And if he, I like what I see from him. I like his movement. I like his footwork. I like how he's kind of working within the offense. But there's still other things that he does need to be able to prove to fans. He needs to show that, like, they can push the ball down the field when they really need to. And we haven't seen that yet. So that's an interesting one because there's players there that you can use in that type of game plan. The question will now be, can Bajan do it? And I hope that the answer is yes, because honestly, like, the best possible solution here is not having to rush Justin back if he's not ready. If he can't grip a football, there's no point in him playing, right? So that's the first step. I think if Bajan is, let's say there's this game and maybe the, the Saints game, and he's one of the reasons the Bears win, and he's looked really, really good, still hasn't thrown a pick, and is kind of like good completion percentage, gets the two to 300 yards passing, gets, let's say, two to three touchdowns this game because he got one last game. Well, then I think it starts to become a conversation, but I don't think it's a conversation yet because not after I, think, one game. I, I, I think the way he performed is what you would hope a backup quarterback can do. And we've seen plenty of times where backup quarterbacks come in, they just are terrible and they can't do anything and they're a backup for a reason. I think if Bajan's ceiling is just that he's one of the better backups in the league, that's really good for the Bears because he's the UDFA. And he's but basically, he's basically costing you nothing. Like yeah, he's cost absolutely. you about 900k a, a year. Like I mean, for years, whenever you say the Bears' backup quarterback is going to be in, you can pretty much say, ah, okay, they're probably not going to win again. <laughs> I mean, you know, people pushing him for the quote QB one and saying, oh, he, you know, he should be ahead of Justin this and that. I mean, as you said, if this kid comes in and he is a upper echelon backup in the NFL and he is one of the top backups, and you know that if he comes in which does happen, especially when you have a quarterback like Justin who runs and can take hits. Like, if you know you have a quarterback behind him who can just come in and steady things and do a good job, and, you know, maybe you could win, maybe you'd lose, but you don't feel hopeless when he's coming in. I think that is an absolute steal for an undrafted free agent. You know, that that is a, a dream. If you can get your backup quarterback sorted like that and that's all he becomes, I mean, I think that's great. You know, but, I mean... I've seen like sorry, just looking at Broski's comment there, like Fields is six and twenty-five as a starter. And I mean, Bajant, you can't say Bajant has grasped the offense already. He's had one game. I mean, those six wins, you could pick out games where Fields looked amazing. You know, Bajant could play another 25 games and be one and twenty-five. Also, like we, the one thing that I, I do want to say is like the offense that we saw at the weekend is not really what Luke Getzi wants to do. Like let's tailored be, for a like, young quarterback coming in. It was smart. It was a smart game plan. Yes, because, absolutely. And, it was what and, needed to be done. 
And my biggest worry is that the, that game plan worked because the Bears are winning early on and they didn't have to force anything at because like the defense couldn't hold up and all this sort of stuff. Because in previous weeks, it's like, because think about it, the other game where the Bears played excellent on offense was the Commanders. What's the common theme there? They went up early. Like, that's where you see this, like, obviously they threw away the game against the Broncos, but these are the games we're talking about this year, the Bears playing well on offense. And it's because they went up early, so the game plan was easy to stick to. And the reason why so many people are pissed off with Luke Getze over this year and last year is the amount of times that the game plan seems to change or he can't make an adjustment when they're losing. And that's still going to be a big question mark. And I wonder, and this is kind of why I, I kind of theorized this during the game, at, like after they scored early. I think that's actually why the Bears wanted the football at the beginning of the game. I think they wanted to get some sort of a lead and be able to kind of control the tempo. And look, if they're able to do that against the Chargers again and have a similar game plan, that's brilliant because it means you have an opportunity to win a football game. But I don't think we can say that he has mastered the offense or that he has been able to understand completely the offense because I don't think what we saw at the weekend is the offense truly that Luke Getson wants to run. Maybe it's the offense that he should run and take a few more shots as well, but continue to be that run-dominant team because he wasn't doing that early in the season. And any time the Bears were going behind, he just went away from it. And instead of running the football, would just want to do screens and short passes and all this sort of stuff. But I think it's it's a little bit disingenuous when we have to look at the context of the situation. And this is where my this is where I think it's more of a question than a worry of when we look at this moving forward. Is was it just circumstantial that it was the perfect storm for a young? rookie quarterback backup quarterback to come into that you're playing against another backup you're playing against a defense that's not very good and it just it was very good luck for the bears because i don't think any of us could have drawn that game up more perfect for a young kid coming in for his first start and i think it's great that they were able to do that but i want to see that he's able to compete in different types of games before saying He's mastered the offense. I think it's completely fair to say that Fields has been a problem because he has, because the team hasn't won football games. And typically, your quarterback needs to be kind of a focal point of how you build your team moving forward. And Fields hasn't been good enough. He's shown it in spurts that he's been good, but the consistency is not there. But I I don't think that we can say that that's the case with Beijing yet either. I think we can enjoy the ride while it's going on. But I I do think that Fields will come back in once he's healthy. If Fields struggles, I think the front office are going to have their answer and what they have to do going forward. And it likely will mean that they'll be replacing him with somebody in the draft. And then that's probably the way it goes. But then Fields could come in and he can be consistent for the end, <clears throat> for the rest of the year and play good football. And then suddenly we have a we have a question mark of being like, okay, this feels the answer going forward. We have a high draft pick. What do we do? Uh, that's a good situation to be in. I'd rather be in that situation than being in a situation and be like, oh, feels isn't the guy. Um, we we need to hope and pray that 
either Caleb Williams or Drake May is the next kind of franchise type quarterback because if they're not, you're in trouble. And I think that's, those are some of the questions moving forward that really we can only answer when we see this all play out. I think it's, it's impossible to go through right now. I think what we, can, in, what we can do is enjoy the performance we saw at the weekend. We can hope that we see kind of a replica performance this weekend. And again, we can be here next week talking about a Bears victory and talking about that Tyson Bajan took a step forward and the Bears defense continues to play really well because one of the things that we're not talking about as much as a fan base just because obviously the pass rush hasn't been there for the Bears. But the Bears defense has played really good football recently. Like they're one of the best run defenses in the league and they were the worst run defense in the league last year. That's a massive turnaround. You have to give, whether it's personnel or whether it is Eberflus calling the plays and being in control of the defense, you have to give them credit. Um, and I think that that is really, really important. But with that point, and it's a big story that's kind of been coming out over the last 24, 48 hours, is with the Washington Commanders struggling and having two players that people were thinking would hit free agency because they just paid Deron Payne the last offseason. They paid Jonathan Allen the offseason before. They have a lot of money put into that defensive line. And then we see the rumor of both Chase Young and Montez Sweat be available at the trade deadline. And some very reliable reporters saying there's multiple teams that would like to trade for them because they would want to get them in and get them in contract extension so they do not hit free agency. And the interesting one has always been, there's always been those links with Chase Young and the Bears. Chase Young has had a phenomenal season to, to start this year. Seven games, has five sacks. Um, obviously has been injury riddled the last couple of years, was kind of shown a lot. Um, I don't know what the price is going to be. But this has been my theory on it, and I want to hear your opinion on this now, is if the Bears were planning on making a move for Chase Young or Montez Sweat, I don't care which one, but let's just use for this example Chase Young. If they were planning on making a move for him in free agency, and you can get him for not a crazy haul, like I don't want to see if the Bears are going for him that you see a second round pick or a first round pick being traded. I don't want to see that. But if it's a third round pick this year and maybe it's a conditional pick next year, depending on games that he's played, like let's say it's if he plays 13 games next season, well, then it becomes a, I don't know, a second round pick in 2025. If he plays between like eight and 13, maybe it's a third round pick. And if it's less than eight, Maybe it's a fourth, something like that, where it's reasonable to where you're like, oh, what are you doing giving away all this draft capital? That's the only scenario where I can be on board where I'm like, if he was one of the main targets in free agency, I understand the move. And I think it makes sense. And it means you get him in now because he was the guy you were planning on signing in free agency. I think that's the only way that I think you can twist this around to being like, it makes sense as a Bears front office member or makes sense as a Bears fan where this is the guy they were targeting that they were hoping was going to hit free agency. He's available. It's teams that are interested because they want to 
give him an extension so that he doesn't hit free agency. I think if that's the situation for me, I'd be like, I'd be on board and saying, okay, that's a fair enough move. It makes sense. He's still young. He's he's had a good season so far this year. Obviously, injuries is a problem, but I think that's where the conditional second pick probably helps a deal get done, regardless of who it is. And I think that's probably what a lot of teams will be putting out there. I don't think there's going to be a team being like, here's a first round pick or here's two second round picks. I think that second pick will be some sort of conditional based on his health. Um, But I wanted to get your opinion on it because I think that's where it's a situation where it makes sense to me. If it's a first round or a second round pick and you give him an extension, I'd be like, I don't know what you're doing because it's too high of a risk at that point. But if it is like a third plus a conditional in the the draft afterwards, and you get him signed to an extension and that's the guy you wanted. I think that's a scenario where it, it does make sense. Yeah, I'm I'm actually right there with you. Everything you said, you know, if you're talking first or seconds, no. I mean, he he does seem to be back from his ACL this year. As you say, he has five sacks, he's looking good. He, he's 24 years of age. So, you know, you bring him in, you have him for a long time. But again, it is a risk if you're talking force or seconds. But like you say, if you give a toward and then you have a conditional next year and that's based on performances or, or you know, amounts of games played or whatever, something that can give you a bit more confidence that if he hits that mark, well, then maybe, you know, the injuries are behind him. Absolutely. Look, uh, we've seen Ryan Poles last year. This is kind of like a, a Claypool situation. You know, somebody they're looking at thinking, no, I don't know. Maybe is there someone in the draft? They maybe there isn't someone in the draft that they really see as being at that level who they could get. Maybe they're not sure about that. So maybe they look at it like they looked at Claypool. Right, it's it's not specifically for this year. We're doing it now to get him, but it's not for this year. But he's young, he's talented, and going forward, he's a player that can make this defense better. Now I wonder would the Claypool move going the way it went kind of sour it a bit in, in Ryan Paul's mind and maybe he wouldn't give as much you know who knows you know but I, I think he has shown he has that forward thinking about him for a player who he thinks maybe can be there for the long run uh, and at 24 years of age if if Young is, is fit and playing well you know he is a really good player to have in but I'm like you you have to be very very careful in, in the actual draft capital you're giving up you know as Bears fans, we're well used to going into drafts with, you know, first and seconds gone. Your first pick is the third pick, is the third round pick. Like, you know, we kind of seem to be getting out of that mentality. But if the deal is right, if there's, if this Redskins or sorry, the commanders are in a position where they, you know, they can't afford to pay all these guys on the defensive line, which they clearly can't, you know, and they're looking to get something back from, yeah, ab- absolutely. If you can give something like a third and a conditional, maybe second, even as you say, the following year. But if he hits those targets, well, then you're you're happy to give that second. Uh, yeah, it's something I do. In terms of sweat, I think he's 27, is he? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm you know, looking to bring in a 27-year-old. I'm looking at a 24-year-old who is a good player who, like we said with Claypool last year, unfortunately, that didn't work out, isn't for now. He's for going forward. He's for building this team for the future. 27, I think, for me, is probably not someone you want to be investing in. But a 24-year-old, mm-hmm. if he shows that he's fit and he shows that he's back to his best, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would definitely make that move if it was if it worked out well for the Bears in terms of draft capital. Yeah, look, I, I wouldn't... Re- 
I like Montez Sweat. If he hit free agency, I'd be like, I'm all for it because free agency, yeah, I, but I'm not I, giving I, anything up from yeah. Yeah, because I think it he can be a productive player, but like in his what is it five now four and a half because we're still halfway through this year in his four and a half seasons like he hasn't hit double digit sacks in any of those years so like i'm not giving up a second or a third round pick for a guy that can't get to 10 sacks when we paid when we paid yannick and this year who consistently gets to that level like i'm just not gonna do that I think Chase Young's a little bit of a different story. And from a couple of reports that came out today, it says that it's probably going to take a second or a third round pick to get Chase Young or Montez Sweat from the commanders. Now, that's where I say, if you can get him for a third this year and then a conditional second, depending on injury or depending on his health for the following year, I think that's fine, and I think that makes sense because at the end of the day, the reason why I'm not too worried about the third-round picks is you're probably going to get a couple more the whatever year Ian Cunningham leaves because I think his decision to stay last year um, was probably, I'd imagine, the particular jobs where he had multiple interviews for, he probably didn't want, like one of them was Arizona Cardinals, like that's a shit show of an organization right now as well. So I think he's probably being smart and waiting for his one. But once he goes, that's two third round picks for the Bears. So like there is scope to where they can kind of, they can work around here. But the reason why if Chase Young is healthy and if he's performing like he currently is, you get, you actually get a difference maker at the edge position. And it means you don't have to force it at the top of the draft. If you do end up with two high picks, because I'll be honest with you. I like Jared Verse. He's a good player. I think he's going to be a first-round pick. For me, he's not a top-five pick in this draft. And a lot of people will say it because they'll be wanting to have an edge rusher and all of that. I I don't see it. And if the Bears had two kind of high picks, I would like them to continue building the offense because that's what wins. And if you're able to get a guy like Chase Young and if he is able to be healthy – it makes a whole lot of sense. And that it's a tough one because I look at the way it works. And obviously the biggest concern here is the injuries, because I think if he didn't have the ACL tear, if he didn't have some of his other injuries that he'd have to come back from, he probably isn't being dangled right now because I think they probably want to keep him long-term because you don't, draft the guy in the top five, I think it was, and then just let him go a couple of years later if he actually was productive. Um, and that's the that's the worry. I think there is a concern about his injury, but if you are able to do some sort of condition on that other pick, it makes sense. I think if the price is a third-round pick in this year's draft, I'd bite your hand off and do it because I think he is capable of being a difference maker at the edge position it will just depend on kind of his his health and stuff like that but look if he was a target for the bears upcoming in free agency you don't let him you don't let somebody else trade for him and then take him off the market because that's exactly what miami did when they got bradley chubb now they overpaid they sent the first round pick i wouldn't have sent the first round pick for bradley chubb 
similar numbers, similar injuries between the two players. And that's where this kind of gets a little bit interesting, where does it make a lot of sense in terms of getting a guy? I think a lot of Bears fans are big fans of Chase Young. I know there's a lot of players on the team that would be, I know Justin would be a massive fan because him and Chase were really good friends at Ohio State that year that they came out. So it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. I think it's very likely that both these guys do get dealt because I think Washington are seeing this team isn't kind of going anywhere. And it's kind of like we all What you pay for Jonathan Allen and then Deron Payne, like... How many D linemen can you be given massive contracts? So you just and still you know, it catches up. You can kick the can down the road for a bit, but it catches up at some point. That's the thing, and still not have a quarterback. And we all said like they wanted everyone to believe that Sam Howell was the guy. We saw it when we got to play against him. He's fine, but he's not going to be a difference making quarterback. And look, like I said, I think the way this makes sense is solely if he was a target for free agency because whoever trades for him is going to extend him. So if he gets traded, he's not hitting free agency. If Montez Sweat gets traded, he's not hitting free agency because these teams make these trades with the intention of extending them if it's in the year that they're going to be free agents. And that's where it does get very interesting to see how this all works out. Um, I would love to, personally, I I think when Chase Young is healthy, he can be a fantastic player. The biggest question mark on this is his health. If he can stay healthy and by putting conditions on whatever trade you're going to do based on that, kind of like how the Jets did with the Packers on, on the Aaron Rodgers situation, I think that's what you kind of have to do if you're trading for him. And I think if you're giving them a third-round pick, first of all, this year, and then you're putting condition on another pick. I think that's probably fair for, for both teams. Um, I think that's going to be that's going to be the interesting one. And I just want to go on this one here. Can you imagine how pissed Ogden Chobie's agent would be with the Bears <laughs> trade for Chase Young? Well, like, the difference would be is that Chase Young's currently not injured. Ogden Chobie, when he came in, was injured or had some sort of ailment. I don't know. It's and in fairness, Ogan Joby's not Chase Young. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ogan Joby Chase Young was the like, second round or the second pick in the draft. Like, you know. Yeah. Like he has the ability to be brilliant. Injuries have held him back. If he's over those injuries, like kind of we saw with Bradley Chubb, he tore his ACL in the second year. He also had like three ankle sprains as well, had a shoulder injury, but then goes to Miami and has been pretty healthy for the majority of the time he's been there. So it's all, do you think that the in the long term or going forward that the production can get better? Miami took a risk on a guy that was what? I think Chubb was maybe 25 at the time, knowing that they get his best years and we're hoping they would get his best years. Now, while he hasn't been producing like a first round pick, he's been good for that team. And you can see Miami with all that talent and he's been part of that. So I think that's it. This all comes down to context that none of us really have. It's the context of what this organization we're projecting for the upcoming free agent class. It's the same thing with Danelle Hunter, right? Like there's been rumors that the Vikings are looking to move him as well. If he was your number one guy, well then 
maybe there's an option to go for him. I, that's all I would say is if there's a guy that is currently being dangled and could have been available this offseason via free agency or via trade, I would be fine with the Bears making a move and extending them so that you get that done before free agency. Because then really what they can focus on, because you fix your linebacking core, if you're able to bring him in and if you want to, you could still re-sign Yannick Ngakwe on a, on a one-year deal. You, you keep the defensive tackles that you have currently and you look at, even if you do extend Jalen Johnson, you then have your defense pretty much set as it is. And you could have two high picks to where you could either get another wide receiver in Marvin Harrison Jr. You could get a left tackle in Olufashinu from Penn State. Or if you really want to go and get a new quarterback, you can do that knowing that you've already made your moves on defense and you can actually focus primarily on the offensive side of the football. So it is going to be very interesting to see how, how this goes. I think there's going to be options. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the Bears are going to be involved here. But I do think that Ryan Pauls is of the opinion that if, if the price isn't astronomical and if it's a guy that he was planning on targeting and free agency, I don't see why he wouldn't at least throw his hat in the ring to try and get a guy. Because he knows, like he's he knows as much as anybody else that record currently is going to be going against him. And he needs to improve the team to where they start winning football games. If he thinks Chase Young helps them win long term, I think he probably will make the move because he knows he probably has this next coaching hire. And if that doesn't work, he's gone. And that's going to be the interesting thing to see how this moves going forward. But it's a fun story to kind of think of and to monitor as we get closer and closer to that trade deadline. It's been more active over the last couple of years. And I think it is an interesting one to kind of consider. Um, one of the other bits of information that we got to hear from 670, the score this week, now was that Jalen Johnson let it slip that uh, his agent was talking with the Bears for a potential contract extension. Now, that coming on the back of getting a pick six and getting another interception in the game is, is good. Um, what do you want to see happen here? Do you want to see the Bears lock up one of the guys that they have drafted? I know it wasn't the current regime, but a guy that, look, he may not be a superstar corner, but he can be a reliable corner for you. The fact that he's gotten two picks in that game, maybe with the defense improving, that helps him with some of those numbers. And is it just one of those, he's still young, you can't afford to let young, talented players leave this roster? Because as we said, they need to start winning and winning soon. Yeah, to, to be honest, when I seen that second deception last week, the first thing that jumped into my mind was uh, Jalen Johnson's agent doing a snow angel in money, you know, because uh, <laughs> he, all people talked about was interceptions and then he comes up with two, want to pick six. But look, last season, there was the whole thing with, uh, with Roquan Smith and, you know, rightly or wrongly, they decided to move on. They done what they did. But he was a player, obviously, the Bears drafted, who they kind of moved on rather than come to terms with the, the contract. And you kind of say, fair enough, to build a year. Now we're into the second year, and here's another young player who was a good player who, again, if you move on from him, what does that say to the locker room and to, to drafted players? Well, come here, but if you do well, we're just going to ship you off somewhere else because we're not paying you. I mean, at some point, you want to start locking up 
your guys. That's what you want. You don't want to be going out in free agency and paying these guys. You want to develop them. You want them to to mature as a bear and then get that money, money that they, they've earned if they get to that point. So for me, one, you don't get rid of these. This is a premium position. You don't get rid of these young guys. You, you just don't. Now, there may be a bit of negotiation back and forth with Jalen Johnson. You know, I know he said at the start of the season, he wasn't looking to reset the market. Does that change a bit with a couple of interceptions? You know, you kind of wait and see. But, like, you you need to start locking up your own players when they play well. You're doing yourself no favour because what are you going to do? You're going to get rid of them. I don't know what pick you get from. And then you have to hope the next person will hit when they come in. Now, I know we have Stevenson there and Smith have looked good. And they have, but, like, still, it's – I don't think good teams are built by getting rid of their good players. And yeah. for me, you lock up a good young player like that. He's not the best of the best in terms of corners, but he is up there in that upper echelons of corners. And, you know, like, good teams get these guys under contract and build. You know, if you get rid of them, you have to hope someone else comes in. You have to hope they do well. You have to hope, you know, Terrell Smith and, and Stevenson – continue to develop when you already have a good guy there who can do a job like so for me it's a no-brainer now unless he comes in for absolutely bonkers money you know there there is a price for everyone but I, I you know you don't get the impression that that's what it's going to be especially as I say he talked about not wanting to reset the market he just wants what's fair to him which all players do and if they earn that money if you draft someone he goes through three, four years. He earns that money. He does really well. Then I think you need to be locking up your own players. So for me, you don't let him go. You, you, you sit down, you do a deal, and you continue to build this defense because it's a young defense. You know, mm-hmm. for the most part, it is a young defense. And it's it's we've seen now Eberflus calling the plays. They've been getting better week on week. And it does actually seem to be clicking now, even without getting much pressure up front on the quarterbacks. They, Behind there seems to be the, the secondary is doing well. You know, the linebackers are starting to come into their own. You know, I just I don't think it's good for your team on the field to get rid of young players like that. And I don't think it's good for your locker room to see that you're not tying up your guys when they've earned a big contract. So for me, I, I, I just hope a deal gets done. And I hope it's not one of these things that becomes kind of protracted and becomes a discussion point and drags on. It would be nice if it just kind of got done. And then you say, great, take that off, move forward and, and do what else you need to do then to keep kind of building this team. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm not of the I'm not on the side of letting players go that are young, talented, because that's not how you build a football team that can win football games. Like if you want to make it you want to make that decision for like Eddie Jackson, who has gone through multiple injuries. He's a good player, but like he might not be the most important player on the defense. You save quite a lot of money. I understand that one, but because look, he's getting closer and closer. I think mean, now is is Eddie Jackson getting closer to thirty now? He must be. Oh he's, yes, he's, he's yeah. there, isn't he? Yes, he must be about like 30, 31 at this stage. And really, at that point in time, I, that one makes sense. If somebody gives you a decent offer for Eddie Jackson, who's been injury-prone the last couple of years, look, obviously, when he's healthy, he's a phenomenal player. But I don't know if he's coming towards the end of his, not the end of his career, but kind of the downward trajectory of his career. I don't think that's the same 
thing with Jalen Johnson. I think he's going to get better over these next couple of years. And I don't want to see his ascendancy happen somewhere else. And I think that's what I think. He is someone that needs to get locked up because at the end of the day, one of the questions at the start of the season was, would they extend Chase Claypool? Well, Chase Claypool's gone, so that's one thing you don't have to worry about. The next thing is Darnell Mooney is going to prove, can he get, should he be getting a contract extension? Up until now, I would say no. So right now we're looking at Jalen Johnson. I think that this is one that could get done. Um, I think it's one that makes sense to get done and all parties seem like they want to get done. I would say that if I was Jalen Johnson agent, I would have told him to shut his mouth at the start of the year (laughs) when he said he didn't want to set the market because as an agent, you want to get him as much money as possible. Um, But look, I think it's it's an interesting one kind of moving forward. But our last topic for today is obviously Bears Chargers the preview for, for that game, it's going to be really, really interesting. Obviously, Sunday Night Football is going to be very fun. I know for, for us over here, it's a bank holiday Monday, so actually, I actually get to stay up late and actually watch it and not feel like I'm going to be dead and work the next day. It's not always a, a positive. You're heading off to, to Amsterdam as well, so that's good for you. You get to I don't get to that. see the game. You don't get to see the game. Yeah. So you can... So you well, now, because it's too too late much. when I need to be in the airport at like half hour or something the next morning so I'll, I'll actually be in the airport probably when the game is finishing yeah, you know what needs to happen right like once you're getting into the airport and the game's over download the download the game onto onto your phone and watch it in the, on the airplane that's what you need to do um I but need it, to, i need to be discussing with the travel agent that they need to be checking schedules before they go booking these trips fucking crazy isn't it? listening so i can say i don't think so <laughs> i don't think so um but like at the end of the day it's it's an interesting game coming up this this weekend where two teams kind of similarly matched overall, except for probably at the quarterback position where if Justin Herbert plays like Justin Herbert should be playing, the Chargers will have will be the favorites for this game. But you can see a scenario where if the Bears are able to play similar football to what they played over the last couple of weeks and kind of shut down a part of the Chargers offense and force them into mistakes. Because look, let's be honest, Justin Herbert's been great, but the weapons for the Chargers have not been good this year. Obviously, once Mike Williams went down for the season-ending injury, they were probably hoping that guys like Quinton Johnson and stuff would step up, and they just haven't. So I think that does help the Bears in the fact that there is no kind of outstanding player that you're looking at there that's definitely going to show up. The running game has struggled a little bit this year. Obviously, Coming into it, you would have thought Austin Eckler would have been one of the top guys. Um, but again, he's been kind of out as well. So Bears defense in terms of the run, the run game been good. Can they start to get some pressure on Justin Herbert? If they're gonna be if they can do that, then I think the Bears will be able to stay in this game. They will have an opportunity. It's it's gonna be an interesting one this weekend. I'm re- I'm actually looking forward to seeing what the Bears do. I'm looking forward to seeing a bit of Roshan Johnson again because losing him for a few games was, was a tough tough pill to swallow because I think he was starting to ascend and start to be a guy that people were expecting to be the starter. I think right now, obviously, any running back in this roster has been overtaken by Dante Foreman after his performance last week. But I think we're going to see a healthy load of 
Foreman, Johnson, and kind of Darrington Evans mixed in because I think both guys played very well last week. And if that offensive line can create gaps like that again this week, the Bears are going to be in this game when it comes to the end. And right now with this team, that's all you can ask for because they haven't been able to do that over the year and a half that Eberflus has been here. We're seeing some improvements over the last month, even in games that they've lost, they've been able to compete and perform pretty well. Um, probably the Vikings game excluded from that. But what are you hoping for when eventually you do get to watch the game that you get to see from this Bears team kind of looking back from last week and then moving forward to, to this Sunday? More of last week. I mean, rely on those guys running the ball who, like, we are lucky our running back room is pretty good. Deontay Foreman is not a bad, you know, number four running back to have coming in there. So I think Rosham was probably ahead of him at the start of the season and and Herbert was ahead of him. So sorry, number three, I meant, sorry. Like, he is a really, really good player and he showed this weekend that, you know, he can win you games. He can get you the yards that you need. I just more of last week, I want to see the, the O-line hopefully continue to, to look average just give that quarterback enough time back there to not get his head taken off and i'd like to see then you know bajant just you know he doesn't even have to get better than last week he just continue to do what he did last week just make the right decisions get the ball out quick you know try and get it into dj moore's hands because as you say a three yard pass to dj moore on any given sunday can turn into a 23 yard gain you know so they just need to make the right decisions i like to get these game plan last week again as you point out if they go behind that could be interesting to see then because the whole dynamic changes and suddenly you need to kind of put your foot on the accelerator to kind of catch up and you may be asking more of agents it'll be interesting to see if he has that extra or, or how that would develop but yeah just just competent football you know don't make stupid decisions get the ball out quickly rely on those running backs who can really who've shown last week they can they can do it and then on the defensive side of the ball it would be like it would be nice to get more pressure um i mean things have really got a lot better you know when i see in this game forced in the schedule i'm kind of thinking oh, eckler is going to run all over this team but actually as you pointed out the bears are top five now at the moment in the run game it really seems to be clicking for them which is great billings you know, has been probably the, the big shining light on that defensive line. And he does make a big difference. Uh, the young guys, I'd like to see the young guys in, in Pickens and Dexter maybe get a few more plays out there and, and, and continue their development. But overall, like, I mean, we talked about pretenders at the start of this year and the, the Chargers were my team that, like, they look like a good team. And obviously, when you see the quarterback, yeah, ticks a box. They have other players, you know, like Eckler and, 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 and stuff like that. And you think, God, these are really, really good. You look at Joey Bosa and if Mac is on form, although he's not as consistent as he, as he was, you think, oh, this, this can be a really, really good team. But they always flatter to deceive for some reason. And I think they're beatable. You know, this Bears team, if they do what they did last week, they limit the mistakes. They they play to the benefit, you know, to the strengths of, of our team. I mean, this is, this is, it's a game that can go either way, but it, it is a winnable game. It is a game that, you know, if the Bears do what they need to do, they can win this. So that's just what I want. I just want to see, I want to see penalties eliminated because I think we had nine penalties for 100 and odd, 100 and odd yards last, last week. That that was one of the minuses from last week's game. That needs to stop. 
uh, who was it? Borum had a had a tough time out there with a few of those penalties. He was giving away. Was it Borum giving away a penalty? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he gave away. He gave away two or three, I think. Two, two that I can vividly remember. Two holding, I remember. Yeah, and but there was there was penalties all over the place. I think there was nine in total. That needs to be taken out of the game. And one other thing, and I know it's probably gone a little overlooked this week because the Bears did win a lot. I didn't like game management toward the end of the first half. I don't no. know what you were doing with those three timeouts. That's something that could have came around and bit you in the backside if, if something had gone wrong there. They need to kind of watch that as well. Now, maybe that was they didn't want to they didn't want to be forcing the rookie quarterback into a kind of pushing the ball at the end of the half. They wanted to just maybe take it easy. I don't know, but that needs to be a little bit better. We won the game, so it kind of it doesn't matter. But if it happens again against the Chargers, it, it could matter. So that needs to be cleaned up. But overall, just try to build on last week. Mistake-free football. Let your young quarterback get the ball out. Hopefully he makes the right decisions. And I think this Chargers team are, are beatable. But they do need to try and get pressure on Herbert because if you let him run wild... You know, he he is a good quarterback. He can have a big day. Yeah, and there's some interesting things that I was reading today, and I noted this down as the Bears, just to go back on to the run defense, um, they're averaging allowing 68 rushing yards before contact this season, which ranks second in the NFL. The league average for that is 225 yards. So... That just goes to show, and I, when you were talking about guys like Billings and Dexter and stuff like that, Billings, I feel like, is one of those guys that you signed them to a one-year deal. I would be completely fine if they wanted to extend him for like a two- or three-year deal because I think he has been a revelation for this team. I've, this I've seen people the last few days saying he has to be traded now while you can get something for him. Nah, you got to keep a guy Why? like that. Like, but even, even for just the young lads behind him, surely he's he's someone who can help them develop as well. Like, what what are you trading him for? What are you realistically getting? And what are you doing with it? Like, why not like keep someone thing, in? The, the one real piece that seems to be working well on that D-line, like, why would you even be looking to trade him? Like, the D-line interior is finally looking like it's working with Dexter, Pickens, Jones, and Billings. I don't know why you would change any of that right now. Like, Dexter's looking like a guy that we all thought was going to be the one tech or the nose tackle, but like has really, I think, ascended in this three tech role. And because he hasn't been forced to just be put in straight away play every single time, and that's something that I think has been very, very good. And it's something that is going to be very interesting as we move forward. I think you got to give this team a lot of credit. I hope that they can build on it. I hope that we can talk about this next week where the defense is another talking point to where they've played good football again. Okay, maybe they're not putting enough pressure on the quarterback, but we know that's the weakness of this team right now in terms of the defense is there's not enough talent at the edge. And I think realistically, the majority of edge rushers in this team currently shouldn't be on the team next year. Um, like I don't care what people want to say about guys like Dominic Robinson, all that sort of stuff. They're they're not good enough in terms of being starters. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do at that position. Um, I know lots of people constantly are talking about kind of the Bears in terms of the 
the draft positioning and stuff like that. But the interesting thing that I just saw coming across the screen about 40-odd minutes ago was Ian Rappaport tweeted that the Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray in week two of his practice window was a full participant. So the team that is in between the Bears' two picks right now from Bears having the first and the third overall picks is the Arizona Cardinals. And with Kyler Murray coming back, they're probably going to win a couple games. So you can probably look at them as not being one of those teams in the top three to four. Obviously, it was a good week for the Bears, even though they won. So did Denver, so did the New York Giants, and so did the New England Patriots. And the Green Bay Packers continue to look like terrible uh, overall. Like the one thing that you can kind of take from it, we, we had this conversation where people are saying, oh, Justin played well against the Broncos. And there's others saying, well, the Broncos weren't very good. Then same thing, people saying they didn't play well against the Raiders, but then other people saying the Raiders aren't very good. Well, Jordan Love played terrible against both those teams. So <laughs> that, is, that is one thing to hang your hat on. I do hope the Packers win a couple of games so they, don't, so they have to keep Jordan Love moving forward. That would be my hope is that they can play enough teams where they're going to win. They have two wins right now where they finish up with like six wins. That's that's fine because if you're with six wins, you're probably picking 10 and you're not getting one of the top quarterbacks in, in the draft. And I think, look, I think that probably will happen because their defense is decent enough. And if Aaron Jones does come back, I think they'll win a couple of games here or there. I think they'll, beat, they'll probably beat us again. They'll probably beat the Carolina Panthers, which again brings up to four wins. They'll probably sneak out another win or two and get to six. So I'm not too worried about the Packers being one of the kind of five worst teams in the league but it's nice to see that what we've been saying about Jordan Love for a while is accurate he's not that good of a quarterback and he's kind of proving that in the daily bait or on a weekly basis at this point but it's funny just to to kind of see like I saw a couple of uh, Vikings fans trying to slag off the bear saying that they're ruining their draft capital and my uh, help. And I think I quoted them. It's like, oh yeah, they really ruined that draft capital pick in number one and number three right now. So like, it's, uh, it is interesting. But look, I I don't think the Bears have to have the two top five picks really. Like I would rather the Bears start winning games to where you're like, okay, this team actually is ready to start winning. And even if it means that the Carolina Panthers are absolutely terrible and you've the number one pick and then, the seventh pick that's fine like I'm, I'm not too worried about that like obviously if you've like one and two or one and three I'm like okay you're gonna have to pick someone like Marvin Harrison Jr. at that point because you need to pick whoever is best but I don't think it's a necessity that you get two top five picks I would rather start seeing the Bears proving that they're starting to turn a corner to where they can start winning football games because I actually think with the I think it might be a different situation if we were talking about not having the Carolina pick and it's just the Bears, and then we're like, oh, well, what's better long-term? We don't have to think about that because if the Carolina Panthers keep sucking, the Bears are going to have a high draft pick anyway. And then having that second pick is kind of like an added bonus to that. And I think if you do have two top 10 picks, you can still get two very, very good players. And then you just have the hope that if you do get the top pick and you end up going for a quarterback that other teams kind of push up to try and get the other quarterbacks and then guys fall to you and whatever your second pick is, 
but I don't think it's something we need to be worrying about right now. I think keep hoping that the Carolina Panthers keep losing because that puts us in a good position and hope the Bears start winning football games because that's the way you want to build this thing where you start believing in this team, where you you can start believing that they can actually win because I think it's where we'll get to a point of where if they keep losing year on year and we're always focused on the draft, it's not a good position as a fan base to be in. And I think that's where the Bears do need, even if the quarterback isn't the answer, let's say they're not, let's say Fields isn't the answer, but you have a way out in this current draft to be able to bring somebody else in and you're getting in a new coach and stuff like that. Okay, well then that's fine. And it makes a little bit of sense, but look, it's going to be interesting to see what happens overall here. It's been a fun week to be able to enjoy a Bears win. Lots of talking points, obviously when it comes to, trade deadline there's a load of fun topics to be able to go through but look it's it's been a good week hopefully it gets to continue on on Sunday with another Bears victory and then maybe soon enough the Bears do make a move to a guy like a Chase Young that a lot of people are are fans of and we can kind of enjoy kind of what this team is going to be doing going forward but look, we appreciate everybody that's joined us today we will be back next week we are going to be, we'll obviously be talking about the game, we'll be talking about any news that does come up. And we do appreciate everybody listening to the show, joining us in the comments. We always appreciate your comments. And um, if you're listening to this back on YouTube, please give us a like. If you are currently watching and are in the comments and have not hit that like button, please do. And um, if you are listening over on Spotify or any audio platform, please give us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. It's been, it's been fun. We have another important game this weekend. Hopefully the Bears can get another win and just keep building on with the confidence and get fans back in enjoying these football games again. And look, no, enjoy your little vacation away for a couple of days from this weekend to next week. And let's hope by the time you come back, we're talking about another Bears victory. Absolutely. Hopefully that'll be the case. Absolutely. All we can say to finish off the show today is... We always do. Bear down. Bear down.